0: Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Windows did an update, and I am genuinely concerned that the audio on this podcast is going to be super weird. I'm uh, I'm going to check in on it midway through, and we're going to see what's happening. Um, And I hope... I don't know. Every Sometimes when Windows does this update, it does like a weird condenser thing on my audio. And I, I desperately want to make sure that that's not what's happening here. And it seems like so far we're okay. So we're just going to dive on in. And I'm not eliminating this from the front end in case you guys hear something weird. And you're like, hey, is there something wrong with the audio? You're like, no, 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 that's just Dan struggling with Windows update. It's so weird to me that when Windows decides it wants to update the audio, it, um, it resets different hardware settings. Just leave them the way they were. Ugh, it's the worst feeling, too. You go to bed, and, you're, and you see that little, you see that little alert bubble in the corner of your computer, and it's like, oh, do you want to just go to sleep and not install updates? I'm like, yes, please just go to sleep, computer. And then you wake up, and it's like, hey, we decided to do it overnight. Surprise! Even though you clicked all the buttons not to... Well, whatever. It's Fantasy NBA Today. This is a Sports Ethos presentation. I am your host, Dan Bespris. Thanks, as always, for tuning in, everybody, making this the most listened-to off-season in show history by an absurd margin. There is not an off-season that is within any kind of striking distance of this one. Like, it's not... It's crazy. Looking back at July, last month, last month was like almost as big as an in-season month. It was actually bigger than April, which had regular season games in it. That's pretty awesome. I mean, that's the power of free agency for one, but also just the growth of the show. How many of you guys are sticking around for the off-season? It's really, really cool. So unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how it ends up going. Today's show is the first attempt at pass two on Bucketology. I don't really want to do the go back and, and recap thing, but I will do just a tiny bit here. Uh, Pass two, pass one, remember, was going through and plucking out every player from every team that could belong on a rank board. We skipped the Jazz, the Pacers, and the Nets for now, because to me, those are the team's You The Pacers, because they're so wrapped up in, in anything that could go on with the Lakers, because, look, if Miles Turner and Buddy Heald get moved for someone who gets bought out, that dramatically changes what's going on in Indiana. Nets, well, that's an obvious one. Jazz, that's an obvious one as well. We could probably do the Pacers, but, I mean, you're talking about preeminent minutes guys at both the big and small positions on the court. That's a big deal. That might even be a bigger deal than Utah where they've already cashed in their big man chip, so at least we have that information in front of us. So anyway, pass one is effectively done. Now, effectively is doing a a pretty good amount of lifting. The reason I frame it like that, and I have to change the way I'm doing the show a little bit here midstream because the uh, podcast is waking up the toddler, is that... This pass one is not the final, final pass one. This is the quick version, which is the one I wanted you guys doing as well as we kind of learn the process of creating these buckets. Why am I doing it like this? Well, for one, I'll probably... I mean, you know, there's going to be a longer stretch where I sit down and do this. I wanted to just get it done for the podcast, so we sprinted a little bit. Um, The reason I also want to call this kind of incomplete is that, again, we're missing three teams from it. We're missing three teams from our list. Uh, There are still other things that need to shake themselves out. This is earlier than I would normally do this process. What I haven't made up my mind on, and again, this you know to, to treat this more like a cooking show, we, I did a few things on some shows last week. We put the, the cake in the oven. Is that right? Was it a cake? I don't remember what it was. A loaf of bread. And we're pulling it back out now to take a look at it. But if this wasn't a cooking show, you wouldn't have to kind of talk your way through it as things are happening. But all of that doesn't really matter for your sake or for mine. Just know that this is the uh, very quick, quick, very abrupt first pass through 27 of the 30 NBA teams. What I want us to do now, and I want to say this again one more qualifier do not write this list down as we're going through it. This is not the final list. That's not just going to be sitting out there for the world to see anyway. The uh, fine folks who pay for the premium subscription over at Sports Ethos would probably um, murder me, and rightfully so, uh, if I just gave every single thing away that, that everybody's doing at Sports Ethos. But this is, again, this is about teaching you to fish, so to speak. What I, what I always want everybody to do is get the end of an NBA season and say, I feel like I'm much better prepared to do this myself than I was a month ago, four months ago, a season ago, whatever it happens to be. Okay. So as I mentioned on yesterday's show, um, when we had just done the Western Conference, we had about 50 guys in the the draft pile. We had about, what did I say, another 20-something guys in the flyer pile. And then we went through another 13 teams. And oddly enough, there I think there were actually more players in the Eastern Conference that I was interested in than the West. Now we're up near around 105-ish, 110 draft pile guys, and about 40 flyer guys. So we're around 150 with three teams to go. That'll put us somewhere in the neighborhood of about 160, 165 when all is said and done. Great. That's pretty much what we were expecting. So, how do you do a pass two on a podcast without making it the worst podcast on earth? That's a question that I pondered during multiple off-air moments, where I just sort of sat there like, how do we do this? And the best method I could come up with, now again, remember, Jazz, Pacers, Nets are not actually on this board yet, is to just start near the top and make sure that the players are touching their closest relative, meaning, like, on this list, again, without the Nets, so no KD at the top, no Kyrie at the top, without the Pacers, who, you know, they'll have their guys a little bit farther down. Tyrese Halliburton is up in that mix as well, and then without the Jazz, Donovan Mitchell would be a little bit farther down the board. Um, As you look at the top here, uh, Joel Embiid is below Nikola Jokic and above LeBron James. This, of course, is the hope that the Lakers do make a Russell Westbrook trade. LeBron is inspired. He plays more like 65 games. He has a really good shot to be in that top three or four discussion, if, if indeed they make that move. Lakers don't make the move I think LeBron cashes in this year and saves himself for next season when they can maybe sign Kyrie Irving in free agency. Maybe LeBron does something with his own contract to make that easier, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Okay, Uh, that's fine. What about LeBron? Above LeBron, he's touching Joel Embiid. Behind LeBron, he's touching... I've got to work on my phrasing here. Archer would be having a field day. Jason Tatum in the four slot. Okay, that all makes sense. So for pass two, that's basically the way you want to work your way through the board. I have Tatum above Steph Curry. Okay, Kat behind that. I have Dame oddly enough back up in the first round group. You guys probably knew that about me. Remember there's no Halliburton here. Trey Young, LaMelo Ball, Giannis, these guys are all there. Are they touching the right players above and below? Meaning like does LaMelo Ball really belong below Trey Young and above Giannis Adekunbo? Um it's debatable because LaMelo was by totals ahead of Giannis last year, but by actual Target, Giannis was much better on a per game basis, almost a full round better, and he only ended up a little bit behind Ball because of that large games gap. So this is one where, when I was slotting in, I was like, okay, yeah, like I, I want to put Giannis like near that nine slot, and then Lamelo, I I dropped him in there right next to Trey Young. But looking back here on a pass two, this is a spot where maybe Giannis slides up a few ticks ends up in front of Trey young in front of Lamelo ball. And then everybody kind of falls into place behind them as well. So now are the guys touching the right names? Yeah, I feel a bit better about that now. So this is what I want you guys to do on your past too as well. Take the list that you've made. I hope you've been doing this along with us. I've been giving plenty of time for you guys to go through your whole board, even through in a few, kind of throwaway episodes about Kevin Durant and what if and whatnot. Go through your list in its team. Listen, this won't be Listen, this won't take as long as breaking down each team individually because there you're looking at the contract situation of every team. You're looking at how they did last year. You're looking at guys that came over, additions, subtractions, all that kind of stuff. Then you're plopping them into your list where you think they roughly ought to be. This is a little bit easier now. The names are already there. You don't have to worry about plucking someone else out of the sky and dropping him into list. Now you're just looking at the list and saying, does this make sense the way it's currently built? Should James Harden be where he's at on our board? Or does he belong a tiny bit higher? I might still move him up a little bit. What about Luka? The other thing I want you guys doing, and this is, probably where we'll spend a tiny bit more time on today's show is making sure that as you do pass two, you are maintaining your convictions as it pertains to totals and per game value. When you're making this giant list, it's easy to get kind of caught in the, the cluster mess of where was a particular player last year. A good example of this would be someone like a Terry Rozier, where he was fantastic last season. And there's absolutely no reason why he shouldn't be fantastic again. Rozier is number 30 per game, played in 73 games. He was actually number 19 by totals. Hornets had three guys in the top 20 by totals last year. And yet, if you go and you... uh, I mean, we'll do it right with you. If you go and you look at Yahoo's preseason rank board, Terry Rozier's nowhere to be found. He's number 63 preseason rank. So even if he does move up the board a little bit, he's not getting anywhere near where he was last season by per game or totals. So then your interesting little fight becomes, where do you actually put Tara Rosier on your board? Do you start to slot him in on sort of the game theory side, which is, you know, do I put him where I'm going to attempt to draft him, or do I put him where he actually belongs in the ranking boards? You put him where he belongs in the ranks, And here's why. It's very important that in this list, you are arranging the players into the buckets where they will finish, not the buckets where you expect them to go. We can make those adjustments later once we get ADP data from, in this case, Yahoo. That's, to me, the easiest one to do, the easiest one to pull information from. The reasoning behind this particular decision is you want to have your list that you can then work through pass three from against ADP data, and then you create your actual draft order board. Terry Rozier, I think, makes a really interesting example in this particular discussion because we already know, based on his early Yahoo rankings, the fact that last year people still didn't believe he was going to do it again. Now he's done it twice. He's very rapidly becoming one of those guys that the fantasy community at large is just not that excited about, even though he's quite good and now consistently good. So let's say that we think Rozier is going to have another season uh similar to this last one how similar we don't know he was 39 per game not this most recent season but the previous one he was 30 this last season which is funny because like overall it's it it seems like his stats were maybe even a tiny bit better the year before that in almost every respect other than a pretty good size step forward uh in free throws he actually made fewer three-pointers. The rest of his stuff was almost exactly the same. Steals were almost exactly the same, maybe up just the tiniest bit. Um, but free throws matter. They matter. And you're seeing it there in, in ranks. Also, turnovers, I believe, came down from about two per game to a positive. He was only at 1.3 this last season. So, uh, But otherwise, stuff stayed largely the same, with a slight dial back on what Gordon Hayward was doing and a pretty good-sized dial up. In what Miles Bridges, who are not going to venture down that path this year, and LaMelo Ball were doing this last year. So, LaMelo, his uptick will stick. He's not about to lose usage on this team, but let's assume Miles Bridges basically disappears. His usage is going to get split among those other guys, Tara Rosier being one of them. Uh, and he was already in the 16 shot per game range. So, if that ticks back up to 16 and a half or 17, you know, Maybe we do see him get back towards number 30 on a per-game basis. Then what about the durability factor? Well, he played in 69 out of 72 games last season, which made him number 17 by totals. And then this most recent one, we already told you, he was actually number 19 by totals. And the way we're building this list is that, particularly earlier on in the draft, and this is still relatively early, Rosier likely to be... In the 30s per game and likely to exceed the durability of many basketball players, especially on a team that is now going to need to really push to win their ball games if they're down a key player. Again, not venturing into those waters. So, on our list, we put him where we believe he will finish the year, which is like in the 20s, basically. I know it seems nuts to put him there, but it's actually important that he's where his ranks would dictate he finish, and that's a step back by totals from last year. This is also a part of the draft where, you know, you make your board largely based on totals until a particular pivot point, and that's a hard thing to figure out, but it's one that you kind of have to piece together here during pass two. So... Let's say we put Terry Rozier at like 28. Let's just say hypothetically that's where you drop him in your board. What do you do with a player like that who is good enough to be a a fourth-round pick and has been, well, he's a third-round pick one year and a fourth-round pick the other on a per-game basis and a second-rounder by totals over each of the last two years? Let's take the lower of those marks and say, is a fourth-rounder someone that you really want to be hyper-focused on their totals value? And I think the answer is still generally yes. If you can get a fourth-rounder who is a fourth-rounder per game and then is extraordinarily durable, that's useful for you in every format. But there's kind of two ways to skin a cat in this particular discussion. Because someone like a Christoph Porzingis, who probably goes in the fourth round this coming year, not you know super important, but understanding ADP, His totals value probably looks like a fourth rounder and his per game probably looks more like a second. So that's where you're making some decisions based on the totals versus per game comparison. Would you rather have Kristaps Porzingis or Terry Rozier if both were being drafted in the fourth round? Funny thing is, I'd probably rather have Porzingis because I'm a nine cat games cap roto guy. If I was a head-to-head player, where every one of those missed games is just a swift kick to the nards, I'd probably go Terry Rozier. So that's one of those kind of flex points you have to make in your list. Figure out what format you're playing, and that will actually dictate who do I want more. So does Terry Rozier belong at number 28 on a 9-cat games-capped Roto list? The answer is both yes and no in this instance. He does because he might finish there or even higher by totals, but also he doesn't because there are plenty of guys that I'd rather have at that juncture. And this is where we have to dive in a little bit further. This is where the tiers start to become more relevant. Terry Rozier... And Kristaps Porzingis, we could just simply put in the same tier, and it solves all of our problems here. Additionally, we know right now, if a draft was happening, Rozier would be getting drafted later than Kristaps Porzingis. So you can actually make a flowchart here where you would take one before the other, not necessarily based on which one makes more sense for your fantasy team, but based on which one might get back to you in your draft later on. There are a lot of complicating factors that take us through this process. It's why, again, buckets are so useful. So pass two is about organizing players so that they are nuzzled up against players that they are similar to in rank. Whatever argument you need to make to get them there, that's totally fine, but don't really stress yourself out about it too much after you get... Like outside the top 18, you know, in the top 18, you're going to have a pretty strict list on what order you want these guys to end up on your basketball team. You're not going to have too many choices up there. But even once you get to this Terry Rozier, Christoph Porzingis discussion of guys that fall somewhere between, you know, 20 and 50 on your board, you're already into a whole, okay, am I hunting for per game? Am I hunting for totals? Am I hunting for upside? What do I, you know, where does the blue line fit on the gray line? Sounds like I'm discussing subways, but you guys remember our discussion of, you know, what's what's the lowest point for a particular player? What's the highest point for a particular player? And where are they likely to fall in that rubric at the end of the year? There is no perfect answer here. Does Teriosir go in front of Kristaps Porzingis in a head-to-head league? He should. In a roto league, maybe, maybe not. It doesn't matter. And that's why when you create this numerical rank board, it's just bunk. They need to end up in buckets. So then you have to look and say, okay, well, are at least the guys that I want to have somewhere near one another, are they in proximity to where when I start to create my bucket, it all makes sense? Okay, great. I've got Porzingis in this bucket. I've got DeAndre Ayton in a similar bucket. Mikkel Bridges is in this bucket. Pascal Siakam. Drew Holiday. Anthony Edwards, Terry Rozier. These guys are all actually, believe it or not, kind of falling in a similar bucket. But then the beauty part is, and this will happen as we get to steps four, or rather three and four, as we learn ADP, we can arrange the bucket within it. We can work within a particular bucket on who you take when. If you like a particular player, when do you take them? Is this a third rounder? Could you steal them in the fourth? Where are they going versus where do you have them? And this is kind of what I came up with. I think it was in the shower today. How are we going to do a pass two on a podcast? Well, we're not actually going to do the whole pass two on a podcast. It's me detailing how you take these names that you've now arranged in some kind of order. Clumps, almost. Okay, well, you know, I put Mikhail Bridges in here next to pascal siakam because i felt like they were close in that but again knowing that there's going to be a bucket thing happening all you're really doing on pass two is just making sure that no one got nudged out too far and also just make sure your top 15 to 20 are in exactly the right order you want them in that's a little bit more important in the grand scheme of things So that's what pass two is. It's a little bit quicker. It's a fine-tooth comb still, but it's not the slow, painful slog of step one of getting every name filed onto a board in a rough order. This is taking that rough order and just making sure that anyone that needs to be in a particular cluster is in that cluster. And that, you know, conversely, anyone that doesn't belong, that kind of got like elbowed into a weird area that you move them back where they belong. And you'll find a few key names. It's not so important that, like, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, like, it's not hyper-important Chris Middleton. These guys are all kind of in the same general area. It's not super important that you have them in the exact right order, but you do want to make sure that no one has crept in between them that doesn't belong in that area, and you want to make sure that nobody that does belong with them hasn't sort of crept either too high or too low. So, pass two is about kind of setting the boundaries on different buckets so that we can then start to create what those actually look like in phase three, which is sort of separating out the buckets, or you could even call that pass 2B. I don't know. I kind of think that's part of pass two, but we can make that pass three. Fine, let's just add a different step. Pass three is now taking what we've done in pass two and separating it into buckets. Pass four becomes comparing that to ADP data and then creating pass five. It's no longer even pass five. You know, pass four plus ADP is final general order. A lot of buzzwords. A lot of fun names that I was able to go through and plop into lists where does a guy like Jalen Brunson go Spurs this year where the hell are they going do we believe in guys like Brandon Ingram anymore what about Nuggets coming back from injury a lot still hangs in the balance and again that's why this is a little bit early to really do all all of this stuff right now Hit me up again if you want to be a part of our madness over here at Sports Ethos. You want to cover a team, bug me, at Dan Vespers on Twitter. If you want to be part of our DFS operations, same story. Um, I don't know. Today was sort of a weird a weird feel of a show because there wasn't any one specific thing I wanted to get out there other than how you treat this first order, and I want you guys to keep doing this. This is, the, this is like a training month. Ah, well. Um, tomorrow we'll come up with something fun for the weekend show, and then Monday we'll probably pivot back into maybe finishing this up or or possibly uh, our first look at actually creating some buckets. Again, this is not a final list, but it would be something kind of interesting to do together. Uh, Remember, we're still 13 days away from getting Yahoo ADP data, so we can't really move to step three or whatever we're calling it now. I guess that's four until we get that information, so we'll have something else in between there as well. Uh, I am Dan Vespers for Fantasy NBA Today. Thanks again, everybody. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow for the weekend show. So long for now.